Welcome to Heart Church. We believe the gospel has the power to change your whole life, all your life. We hope you're ready to hear from God and be impacted by this message. In Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 to 5, the Bible says this, that in, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good and He separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day. And the darkness he called night. And there was evening. And there was morning on the first day. Holy Spirit of God, we thank you that you are here. Lord, in our humanity, on days like today, there can be a lot to handle. We, we've had to find a new way to come to church. We've had to come to a place we're not used to. We've had disruption, but you are here. You've come to meet with us in this place. Sweet Spirit of God, I pray that you would help everything that would ordinarily be a distraction in this moment not be a distraction. And that, Father, You would touch our hearts. Speak to us, we pray. In the name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. In, in the beginning, God. God didn't just turn up. God has always been and He always will be. And, and we read here that God, not only is, is He God, but He's a creator God. He created God. God came and He created. To create, the word create here means to cut or to carve out. To cut or to carve out, which means that God looks at nothing. God looks at nothing. God looks at no thing and He creates something. That's why we, that's why we don't need to be intimidated when we can't see what lies ahead. Because it's not just about where we're walking, but who we're walking with. Will we trust God to lead us? Will, he, will, will we trust Him to take us where we've not been before? Will we trust Him to lead us into the uncomfortable, into the unfamiliar? Will we trust Him when, when we are driving down roads that we didn't anticipate, will we trust Him or will we feel like snatching the steering wheel out of His hand and saying, whoa, God, <laughs> I'm gonna take it from here just for a moment. Yeah. 
Or will we genuinely make him the driver, the driver of our life? God carves something out of nothing. God's going to carve something out for you. God's going to carve something out of you. You might not be able to see it right now. You might not be able to comprehend it right now. But you need to know that we, we are speaking about a God who is a creator God and He's able to make something out of nothing. We are walking with a God who looks at void and formless and speaks stuff into being. God is not intimidated by void and formless. God is not intimidated. He can look at that and He will speak something into being. The, the Bible says there that darkness was over the surface of the deep. And, and I've read this, I don't know how many times I've read this, but it just struck me in a new way that darkness was over the surface of the deep uh, in, 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 in verse two there. And it said that the, the Spirit, of God was hovering over the waters. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, but the Spirit of God was hovering over the darkness. And, and I just had this picture of, I don't know whether, whether you've ever seen it, whether it's an eagle or whether it's a, a hawk. Sometimes you see it in, 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 the, in the summer around where you live, but, but you're driving along and, and, and over a field somewhere, there's this bird of prey. And you know, you, you, you know, you know something's about to go down. You know that there's some little mammal on the ground who's got no idea. No idea, yeah. Rest in peace. You, you, they got no idea what is about to happen, but, but it's, it's just, you know something's going to happen. And it's just that, 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 that picture of God like an eagle hovering over, over the darkness, brooding. The Bible actually talks about brooding, like, like a hen might gather its chicks. He's, he's brooding, he's, he's, he's getting ready for something to happen. I feel that the Spirit of God wants you to know that there are some dark situations that He's hovering over. He's hovering over. You can't see it right now. You might be unaware of it because you have only got your line of view, but God is. Because He knows what He is about to do. You see, the darkness had been there a long time and it thought it was in charge. But God was about to clear His throat and serve notice on the darkness. God was about to clear His throat and serve notice on the darkness. And even though darkness and chaos had ruled in the twinkling of an eye, everything changed. Everything changed. In a moment, in a moment of time, God said, let there be light. When God speaks, when God says something, 
Whatever is in your way has to move. Whatever has impeded your path has to get out of the way. Whatever darkness has covered the situation, it has to move out of the way as light invades and God says, let there be light. There are times absolutely when the wheels of God may turn exceedingly slowly. But then there are times when God brings a suddenly. God brings a suddenly. I believe that God is going to give us some suddenlies. It was like this. We had been tracking like that for a while. We had been confused. We hadn't understood. We hadn't comprehended what God was doing. And then suddenly everything was different. Everything changed. God is overshadowing some situations. God is overshadowing some people. You see, the thing is that, that, that there are some people who will seek to overshadow us. When someone seeks to overshadow me, it, they have a plan and that is to hide my light so that their light might shine brighter. Some of you might have found that even in your work situation, even in your place of education, maybe there is someone who has sought to overshadow you. They have sought to hide your light so that their light might shine brighter. But they have failed to understand that God overshadows you. And when God overshadows you, it is not to hide you. It is so that He will shine through you. You cannot be overshadowed. You cannot be hidden. Let man do what he wants to do. Let woman do what she wants to do. You need to understand that God's got you. Turn to someone and say, God's got you. God's got you. You don't have to worry. You don't have to worry. I want, I, I need to speak to somebody in the room to say that God has got your future. God has got your future. Don't be afraid. Don't be overwhelmed. He is going to give you wisdom. He is going to open your mind. He's going to open the way. My God, we're not just singing about a God who is a way maker. Our God is a way maker. He will carve something out of nothing. He will carve a pathway out of the sea. He will take a few loaves and a few fish and He will feed thousands of people. He will take that little bit of oil that we have heard about during the offering time and He will multiply it so that, not that, so that we have enough, but that we have more than enough, exceedingly, abundantly, more than you can ask or even imagine. There's a breakthrough, there's a breakthrough, there's a breakthrough, there's a breakthrough, there's a breakthrough. I'm prophesying a breakthrough. I'm prophesying a breakthrough. I'm prophesying a breakthrough in your mind, in your thinking, in your circumstances. A breakthrough, a breakthrough in your health, a breakthrough in your health, a breakthrough in your finances, a breakthrough in your work situation, a breakthrough in the Name of Jesus. God is getting ready to do some things quickly. Romans 13, 12 says that the night is nearly over. The day is almost here. Psalm 30, verse 5, weeping may endure for a night, but joy. Yeah. 
But joy comes in the morning. Psalm 112 verse 4, even in darkness light dawns for the upright. I'm telling you, there's a new day coming. There's a new day coming. The night may have been long and hard and you may have wept many tears, but if you can just look on the horizon, you will see the first gleams of a new day, the first streaks of light coming through. God is doing a new thing. God is bringing breakthrough. God, God separated. God didn't just speak light into being. He separated light from dark. God is bringing a separation. Light from dark. Some of us have have battled with some darkness. Some of us have battled with dark thoughts, but God is bringing a separation. Light is invading the darkness. God is serving notice on the darkness. He's saying it's, it's time. Your time is done. You, you need to get ready to move on because light is coming. Light is driving out the darkness. I, I need to say this. I think this, this is true of some individuals, but it's also true of some families. Some of you have been overwhelmed with with. with Impossibility thinking. It's like like a cloud of, of negativity and impossibility has descended upon you. And it's difficult to believe that, that there could be any brightness for the, for the future. But I've, I've come to tell you that God is causing a separation to come. And that that light is, that light is driving out the darkness. God is causing right thinking to be separated from wrong thinking. He's causing right behaviour to be separated from wrong behaviour. Where there has been confusion, clarity is coming. Where there has been fear, courage is on its way and indeed is already here. Where there has been depression, joy is breaking forth. God is declaring a new day. Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus is the light of the world. And if you, if you love Jesus, you will love the light. If you love Jesus, you will love the light. Loving Jesus and loving the light will affect the way I live and the choices that I make. That light is invading some of the choices that we are making. He, that light is challenging some of the thoughts we've allowed ourselves to think. That light is challenging some of the things we've allowed ourselves to say. That light is challenging some of the things we've allowed ourselves to believe. It is driving out the darkness because with a new day comes new hope. With a new day comes new possibilities. But God is, is, is challenging us in that we can't drag that old way of thinking into our new day. We can't drag our hopelessness into our new day. We've got to believe that, that, that we, are, we, we are not only going to uh, 
think in a different way, we're going to act in a different way. It's going to impact my life. First John chapter 1, verse 7 says, But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, His Son, purifies us from all sin. God, I believe, is challenging us to a new level of holiness. He's challenging us that, that in, in, in our private places, in the, in the places where nobody sees us, in, in the places where we are alone and we are think, think that we are unobserved, God is challenging us to, 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 to a, a road of holiness, to a, a root of holiness. And He is gonna give us the wisdom and He's gonna give us the insight because God is not a God of condemnation. God does not condemn us. He loves us into a place because He knows that we are at our happiest when we live in the light. See, darkness can't drive out light, but light can drive out darkness. In fact, in fact darkness is just the absence of light. And and. and the only way that darkness and, and, and light uh, can, well, they can't coexist, but if I'm going to take a root of darkness, then I have to put out the light. I have to dim the light. I, I believe that God is challenging us that there are some areas of our lives where we've been dimming the lights or actually turning the light out. And God is saying, no, no, if you love Jesus, you've got to love light. And that is going to influence us, the choice, influence the choices that we are making because God wants us to be people of the light. He wants us to walk in the light. He is the light. We have fellowship with God when we walk in the light. God uses the light to guide me. You know what? I only need light and a guide because God does not intend for me to stay where I am. God does not intend for me to camp where I am. I need light and I need a guide because God is trying to move me forward. God is trying to take me into a new place, into a new space. God is taking you somewhere. Psalm 119 says that thy word is a lamp. Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I've mentioned this before, but you know, sometimes we want to see right down the road. We want to see, we want to see clearly. Uh, but, but the fact that God provides a, a, lamp, a, lamp, a lamp to my feet, it, it's speaking about an old-fashioned form of lamp that, that the, 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 basically the lamp could only provide enough light for the next step. Now we don't we don't we don't carry old fashioned lamps anymore. If I was thinking, you know, like with our phones, most of our phones these days, we don't even need a torch. We've got to, we carry a torch with us. Did we ever think there would be a day when we would walk around carrying torches wherever we wherever we go? But 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 the point I want to make is, and I've talked about this before, that you know maybe a lamp you can't relate to, but you can relate to a car. They reckon that like maybe maybe the lights of a car are on full beam, but you can see about 30 feet, which is not very far. 30 feet 
in the grand scheme of things is not, is not very far. I, I'm driving in the darkness and all I can see is 30 feet. But if I keep driving, if I keep going, if I keep moving, then I can drive from here to Scotland only seeing 30 feet. I don't need to see the whole way. I don't need to see the whole stretch. All I need to do is keep driving and keep believing. I've come, I've come to tell somebody to keep driving and keep believing. You want to see farther. I know you want to see farther, but just keep driving and keep believing because you're going to get there. You're going to get there. God has given you enough light for the next step. He's given you enough light for the next part of the journey. Just trust Him and keep driving. Turn to someone and say, trust Him and keep driving. got to trust Him and keep driving. We've got to trust Him and keep driving. That's what faith looks like. That's what faith, that's what faith looks like. We've got to trust Him and keep driving. I know someone wants the kind of clarity. I can tell you, I've got stories I could tell you where time and time and time again, we've had to make a step. We've had to take a step and we didn't know where we didn't know where the next step was going to lead us. But, 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 but God, God took us into His plan. He took us into His purpose. You've just got to take the next step. Some of you are sat down believing for another word from God, yet another word from God, but just act on the words you've got. Just act on what He's already said. Just take another step. Just believe, just take a step and believe again. Just take a step and believe again. That's what we've got to do. And as we do that, we're going to see God open doors that we never imagined was even possible. Let me ask you a question. What might it look like for you to stop hiding in the shadows? I say that because, you see, for there to be the presence of shadows, there's actually got to be the presence of light. There's got to be a source of light from somewhere. That's why, that's why there's shadows. But if I'm in the shadows... Even though there's light, I'm choosing to avoid the light. I want to say, why, why, why do, why do I avoid the light? Why do, why do I hide? God said, don't hide your light. Don't hide your light. I've, you know, I, I don't think that it's, <laughs> that we have to walk around praying that God will give us a light. He, we, if we have Jesus, we have the light. Why do we hide? I think we all do in some way. I think we all do. I think we believe that we have the capacity to shine, but what does shining look like? I was... Thinking about when, when I was um, 14, um, I, I moved, moved to a senior school and uh, I actually went from a school I loved to a school I really didn't love, to put it mildly. It was in a, a community where everyone basically had gone through school together and, um, you know, like right from infant school, junior school, now they were in senior school, most of them. And, and now I came in, I came in as the outsider. And I was just reflecting on, on those days because 
I remember working hard at not being noticed. At doing everything that I could to not draw attention to myself. Because if I drew attention to myself, then I, I, I drew something to me that I might not be able to manage, that I, that, that, that I might be being picked on, I might, I might, be, being, I might be being bullied. So I, I, I looked, I just tried to blend in, I tried to become invisible. And I was just thinking about that. I wonder, I wonder if there are places that we, where we just seek to blend with the background, where we seek to be invisible because we're afraid to shine. Where am I hiding? Because God has called me to shine. And then I was, I was thinking about that, that scripture in, in 1 Samuel chapter 10, where it talks about, where it talks about Saul. And, and, uh, and the people had chosen him to be king. And, and uh, 1 Samuel uh, chapter 10, verse 22 says, So they inquired again of the Lord, is, there man, is the man still to come? And the Lord said, Behold, he has hidden himself amongst the baggage. There's loads. I, I, I could just preach on this. I could just preach on this because I, I, what I love is that it doesn't matter how well you think you've hidden yourself. God knows where you are. God knows where you are. I'm also fascinated by the fact he'd hidden himself. He'd hidden himself, but he was called to be king. He was called to be king, but he'd hidden Himself. Where are you hiding yourself? Where are the kings? God has called you to be a king. Where are the queens? But God has called you to be a queen. God has called you to be royalty. God has called you to walk in the light, but you've hidden yourself amongst the baggage. Rise up. Rise up. That thought then, it took me to that, the time. And, and you know, maybe I'm not surprised because I thought about Adam and Eve hiding themselves, Genesis 3, where Adam and Eve had, 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 had sinned. Verse 8, he says, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord, called, the Lord God called to the man, where are you? Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. I, I, I just wonder, you know, I think there's some of us, listen, we love God, we we, 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 we love His presence, but there's part of us that hides ourselves away. They, they hid themselves firstly because they'd sinned. They hid because of fear. And they hid because they were naked. They were afraid to be vulnerable. And yet just a little while ago, if you went to Genesis 2, verse 25, it says, And the man and his wife were both naked and not ashamed. There'd been a journey from not ashamed 
to ashamed. There'd been a journey from not carrying shame to carrying shame. We are not designed to carry shame. We are not designed to carry shame. God does not want us to hide. Shame will cause us to hide ourselves from God. Some of us in this room, we we hear that, that God loves us and we believe that He loves other people. But He kind of tolerates me. He doesn't mind me being in the room. But He knows some of the stuff I've been doing and He knows some of the stuff I've been thinking and He knows the stuff that I've done that nobody else knows about. And therefore, how can He love me? How can He love me? Because I'm not even sure I love myself. And I'm ashamed. And I love God and I want Him to love me, but, but I'm carrying something. I'm carrying something that makes me want to hide from God. And when we think like that, we miss what Jesus did. Jesus died on a cross to forgive my sin and to remove shame from our lives. I am not called to walk in the light because I earned it. I am not called to walk in the light because of my good behaviour. I'm not called to walk in the light because I am so sorted. I am in the light, not because I'm good, but because I'm loved. I'm in, I get to walk in the light, not because I'm good, but because I'm loved. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you not just in spite of all that stuff. He loves you with all that stuff. He loves you with it. Like the prodigal son who came still stinking of the the place where he'd been. And the father ran out to meet him, threw his arms around him, put a ring on his finger and a cloak on his back. This is the gospel. This is the gospel, but this this is our God. This is your God and my God. The gospel is... A hug. The gospel is, I love you. I know where you've been. I know what you've done. I love you. Just stand up, Gideon. The, this, the gospel is, I know where you've been. I know what you have done. 
That's the love of God. The gospel isn't like, okay, bro, I'll give you a hug in a bit, you know, but just go and shower first. Just go and get yourself sorted first. No. God says, I see you. And I love you. And then the wonder of it all is that He loves us so much that He helps us sort out the stuff that got us in the pig pen in the first place. But that's along the way. That's down the road. We start with knowing I'm loved. He calls me out of darkness into His glorious light. Isaiah 60 verse 1 says, Arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory, the glory of the Lord rises upon you. He's calling us into a light we We have not earned our place in, but it's paid for. He has loved us and loving us into a place of His glorious light and He then calls us to go and shine. He gives us His light. He gives us His light that drives out our darkness and then He calls us to go and shine. And, and, and helps us to live in a realm that is not just the physical realm that we can touch in. That, that's that we can touch in and, and, and see because we're not called to live in a realm where we, our senses perceive and conceive and understand what it's about. We're called to live, we're, we're called to live in a realm of the Spirit. That is why, that's why we can pray for the seat we're sat on. Because if you think about it, in the natural, that makes no sense whatsoever. But because we believe in a God who's able to do exceedingly abundantly, more than I can ask or imagine, we know that somehow He's going to take our simple stumbling prayer and turn it into somebody's moment. And they won't know your name and they won't know your face, but, but maybe one day in heaven, God will introduce you. So you remember that day when you prayed in Jubilee Campus on Triumph Road? Sounds like a gospel song. (laughs) Changed somebody's life. I've got to come to an end, but I just believe that, that God is trying to get our attention and He's trying to get us to understand that and I know all about the stuff, but I'm hugging you and loving you into a place where you understand you don't have to earn your place in the light. Jesus has done it all. Jesus has done it all. And He has separated the light from the darkness. And we are called to walk in the light. We are called not to hide in the shadows, but to arise and to shine. Wherever we go, not just here on a Sunday, not just when we're serving, but in that classroom with those kids. Marcia, 
with some of those difficult kids and it's not their fault. And let's be honest, some of them are just plain annoying. That's the truth. But you're carrying a light. You're carrying a light that is beyond your teaching skills. You're carrying a light that is bringing influence in that room. It's, it's, it's true. It's true in the classroom. It's true in the lecture hall. It's true. It's true in your office. Sometimes, sometimes the gospel is making someone a cup of tea. Too many weird Christians have made the gospel leaving tracks on people's desk. If you don't know what a tract is, don't worry, you're blessed. <laughs> and what's, are you, Rachel, I'm going to get an email now from someone who got saved by reading a tract. You know, God will use anything. I know, I know. But to me, I think that sometimes some of us have hidden too long behind a tract. Slip it on someone's desk. Okay, God, you know. But meanwhile, roll up your sleeves. Do the washing up. Roll up your sleeves. Make someone a cup of tea. Send someone an email, send someone a text, write someone a letter, bring in some biscuits into the office. And as I've said before, you know, you don't have to bring the biscuits in and say, I'm doing this because I'm a Christian. I'm doing this because Jesus has changed my life. I used to eat all the biscuits, but now I am bringing them. I think that we can do better than that, you know? Acts of service, acts of love, just shining, just shining, just shining, just shining. No, no condemnation, just walking around with a love that's ready to hug. A love that's ready to accept, a love that's ready to say, you know what? I love you. You don't always treat me right but I love you because Jesus first loved me. You've come to the end of this message. We hope you've been challenged and inspired. Stay up to date with everything going on in the life of our church by checking out our social media. Just search Heart Church UK.